39 past one. Chad Hartman back here with you on Newstalk 830 WCCL. Getting plenty of traction on Twitter today. Love to have you follow us at Chad Hartman Show. Also follow these folks. John Rash and Denise Johnson are with us from the Star Tribune editorial board. John, is it uh, Star Tribune opinion? Is that um, – I know I, I follow it, but I'm trying to remember. Is that the uh, – the site to uh, check out your Twitter follow. Indeed. Uh, as far as our Twitter following, that is uh, where one would go to, and you can always connect through startribune.com, and we have it there as well. Perfect. Let's uh, let's start this first segment here with the Biden family. Let's talk Joe Biden. I saw some numbers today where it contrasts the president's approval ratings compared to his predecessor throughout the globe. And it is enormous improvement for Joe Biden compared to Donald Trump. But that pales into what truly matters to Joe Biden about his poll numbers in this country, which are lousy. They, they, they just are on, on the economy. They're mixed on Ukraine. They're obviously very poor on right track, wrong track, although that's been an issue for multiple presidents. So John and Denise Johnson here also, John Rash and Denise Johnson. John, you first, and Denise, you jump in. Uh, Midterm elections, not far away. Almost all the time, the opposing party from the president makes significant gains. It's clear if the poll numbers stay as they are, the Republicans are going to have a phenomenal night in November. John, and then you, Denise, what has to change for the president's numbers to get back to where they were at minimum when he started at, he started his presidency. Well, Chad, it's likely that most of this response is due to both economic conditions and political conditions. First, economically, inflation is hitting everyone at every socioeconomic level, and it's unlikely that that challenge will dissipate and certainly won't disappear by the time Election Day comes. And politically, even though as you just mentioned, he's getting extraordinary marks across the pond in the UK and Western Europe and throughout a lot of the world in terms of his leadership, particularly on Ukraine. It is not resonating to the same degree here. And that particularly has many European allies quite concerned that the stronger alliance that has come together over Ukraine may not be as long lasting if there's a change both in Congress and more profoundly in the presidential presidential race in 2024 and if president trump returns to office with the same attitude that he had about nato before this crisis so that's further down the line but though mostly i think it's those two conditions that would need to change and it's unlikely that there will be any seismic shifts then so that's why the polls are reflecting republican resurgence in the midterms denise well, I think there's a lot of um, angst, anxiety about a lot of uh, in, in various areas among um, American people. And so I think if there are things, for example, like in, improvements with um, uh, COVID, we're moving in the right direction there. Um, it, again, talking about getting his uh, his poll numbers back up, if uh, gas prices can continue to, to, to drop, um, if we see some changes in what we are paying for, for, for groceries, if those kinds of things happen, um, then there could be a, um, a you know, an improvement in his numbers. Also, how, how 
we don't know how the the war in Ukraine is going to is going to turn out, but he could get um, you know a boost there even here in in America if that is um, resolved in some way sometime soon. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, though, Denise. It's hard to believe that's going to be solved real soon, right? Yes, yes. But if there's you know if that who knows what kind of that may be a full resolution, but you know, there's also kind of discussion of would the country be divided in some way. I mean, if there's something there that's a positive turn, then that could improve his his standing here in the country. Denise, I'll start this one with you about Hunter Biden. New York Times recently, CNN today, Washington Post today, long examinations about many aspects of Hunter Biden. Uh, mythology, reality, the investigation. You still have conservative after conservative in this country, including the most prominent, Donald Trump, who believe that the mainstream media failed in its coverage on Hunter Biden, and they feel vindicated when they see more outlets now covering this story and giving it more gravitas and feel like, where was this coverage leading up to the election? Do those folks, Denise, in your opinion, have a point? Well, I haven't read all of the the uh, accounts that you're talking about, about what's uh, uh, current, currently out there about Hunter Biden's activities. Um, uh, I certainly think that we could do a better job. I mean, the media generally could do a better job of looking into those things. But I don't know for sure about you know all the things that have been what uh, uh, uncovered recently, and how um, how the media should be responding to those. John, this isn't new for Republicans and conservatives to look at major outlets like the Star Tribune uh, and and other places across the country and feel like. There is a lean to the left and that this is a prime example. You have been a part of the Star Tribune editorial board for a long time. I know you believe that there is a distinct difference between the opinions the board offers up and from coverage. But for the folks who, like I said to Denise, feel like, now wait a second, now you're covering this story. Why wasn't the same coverage offered up uh, in the fall? Does that have merit? It does have merit, but it wasn't that it wasn't covered. This was a campaign issue, and anything that becomes one becomes an issue for the media as well. And these allegations were investigated by the media as they first came out, and they seemed inconclusive. And I think it's important to note that even the New York Post, which initially broke the story, then shed some doubt on the veracity of it. But now it seems to be coming back where there might be more truth to it. So. I don't think that the media covered it up. I certainly don't think they failed to cover it. And, it, you know, the timing may not work for President Trump, but I think that they're mistaken, those who complain about it um, in terms of how the media has handled it, that this would have been a decisive issue in the 2020 presidential race. Those that had a strong opinion on Hunter Biden generally had a negative one and probably baked that into their consideration of the now president um, and and the current president, Donald Trump, and made their decision accordingly. I think it would be really irresponsible if the media didn't chase the story even more aggressively right now 
that it seems that there's, you know, some truth perhaps to the matter. But I think that the only thing that would make a really big difference with Democrats, as an example, or those who might be independent and in the middle, would be the degree that this would implicate President Biden as opposed to his son, Hunter. Correct. Because, yes. you know, most people who have made an opinion about Hunter, unfortunately, it, it's a negative one. And, and yet, you know, most people separate the president from his son's actions. I'm not sure all Republicans do, though, John. I mean, I think there's a lot of Republicans who wonder about that link, that this is more than Hunter Biden. Certainly Donald Trump brings that up. Let's pause right here, come back. The editorial board certainly wrote today about Clarence Thomas. A Minnesota uh, congresswoman has jumped right in the middle of the Clarence Thomas story with the text from his wife, Ginny, to Mark Meadows, leading up to January 6th and on January 6th. We'll discuss that when we come back soon, right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, Dan Cook, can I be honest before we get to the, the uh, yeah star chief yeah. editorial board represented by Denise Johnson and yeah. John Rash? I never liked Candyman. Yeah, no, that was the wrong track. That wasn't the one I meant to yeah. play. So Sorry about Pot that. Of, I mean, I love Sammy. Okay, Sammy is iconic. He's amazing. Never a Candyman fan. Just not, not that song. Okay, let's talk uh, Clarence Thomas here. Uh, Betty McCollum, John Rash, and Denise Johnson from the Star Tribune editorial board. Betty McCollum has come out earlier today and said Clarence Thomas needs to resign. You wrote about this today with the editorial board. This all goes back to the new information which has come out from Ginny Thomas, Clarence's wife, who has been a long-time uh, uh, public uh, Republican involved in many groups trying to support candidates and Republican causes, 29 texts going down the rabbit hole of conspiracies about the 2020 election and what Chief of Staff Mark Meadows has to do. This has raised concern because the one time the Supreme Court had to rule on keeping information privileged, eight justices said, no, let's open up this information one judge, Clarence Thomas, said the information should be kept privileged. John, you first. You at the end said with the editorial board, and if Clarence Thomas needs to be held accountable, the court itself should do it. What is that, and has he reached that level yet? Well, the court, like all great institutions, should have some self-policing mechanism where it's not imposed by a co-equal branch of government like Congress or the executive branch, the presidency, but where within the Supreme Court that there's a very clear uh, code in terms of which cases justices should recuse themselves from. So we're not calling for a resignation, but a recusal on cases like this where his wife is directly involved in advocating for a specific policy that the justice himself in this case is going to be ruling on. And very clearly, ethics would suggest that he should have told his colleagues about this, told him why that he has to recuse himself and let the case go forward. That would not be the first time that a justice has had to recuse. And, you know, if they have some kind of personal interest in the matter or some kind of previous academic or business interest in it, and that increases the confidence in the institution, which ultimately is what makes it 
their rulings legitimate in the eyes of the public and the eyes of the other two branches. And anytime you erode the confidence in an institution like the Supreme Court, it's a lot harder to get it back than it is to lose it. So I think it's really a miss by Justice Thomas to not have been upfront and honest about this and done the right thing. Denise, for people who listen who say, you know, my husband, my wife, we disagree on a lot of things and we keep it separate. Uh, we have different jobs and we do our different things. And what's happened with the Thomases is no different. What do you say to those folks? Well, I think that his uh, his vote on the um, recent thing that we had before him makes it kind of suspicious that he's the the uh, only justice that uh, voted in that direction. I think, um, as as John said, it's important for the court, and for, as our editorial said, it is important for the court to do their own policing and set up the kind of rules for when they ought to recuse. I think this is certainly a case when he should have. Um, as to our board didn't go that far, and I wouldn't either yet to say that he he needs to uh, to step down. And I think if there is a um, you know, kind of a code of conduct among the justices that that's when they could make that decision that that uh, he ought to go because of violating ethics rules and they should set them up for themselves. I guess I just always I enjoy the conversation. Uh, Thanks to both of you and look forward to our conversation next week. Thank you. Thank you. John and Denise, John Rash and Denise Johnson from the Star Tribune editorial board. 